Thank you for tuning into the Apostolic Pentecostal Church podcast. You are currently listening to one of our iGrow series lessons. If you're in the Bloomington, Illinois area and want to sit in person, feel free to join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for worship in the Word. Can't make it in person? No big deal. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram and search Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Either way, we'd love to fellowship and worship with you. We hope to see you. Well, welcome to week nine, I think, of Igro, and uh, haven't we had a big time? Now we're in December, and uh, we're um, we've only got three more nights of Igro after tonight, and I've really enjoyed it, learned a lot, and uh, every session has been good. I try to go back and listen to the podcast, and most of them I've heard. So uh, tonight you're here. Hopefully you're here to learn about soul winning because that's what I'm teaching about. <laughs> right. And I do not consider myself to be an expert. Uh, you know, I got to thinking about the complexity and the holiness and the power and the awesomeness of God and the complexity of a human being and how they're raised and, and where they're educated and their hurts and their pains. And, and a soul winner somebody that tries to bring those two together. And anybody that would stand up and tell you they were an expert at that, uh, I wouldn't listen to anything they had to say. So I'm not an expert. Uh, you know, they say doctors are practicing. Yeah. Well, that's what we do in the soul winners. We're, we're practicing because every human is different and every situation is different. So uh, back in the mid-'80s, there's, there's a guy still living, two guys. Uh, no, Henry's dead. But Billy Thompson was kind of a, a wild guy in, in Alexandria, and he messed around and came to the POA, the Pentecostal Church, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And uh, Billy was the kind of guy when the Holy Ghost, you know, some people when the Holy Ghost get, gets on them, they do a little jig, and some people stand their lips, some people dancing. Well, uh, Billy was one just would cry, but he would cry real loud, like the whole church knew Billy was getting a blessing. But anyway, <laughs> so Billy goes back to some of his party and buddies, and he finds his old buddy Henry, and it's July, and it's about 105 degrees in Louisiana, and you guys don't know what that's like. But uh, he gets in his old pickup truck, and he picks up Henry, and they're going down Highway 28, and he locks the windows where they won't come down, and he doesn't turn the air conditioner on. And he goes a little ways, and, and, and he looks over, and Henry's sweating, and he said, uh, Henry said, turn the air conditioner on. Billy said, uh, he said, no, I'm not going to turn the air conditioner on. He said, I want you to get a taste of what hell's like. He said, he went a little further, and then, man, by then it was getting really hot. And he said, Henry's like, roll the window down, Billy. Would you just roll the window down or turn the air conditioner on? Billy said, no, I'm not. And he carried on for about 10 minutes, and they were just both just about to pass out from sweating and from the heat of the Louisiana sun. And he said, I just want you to know what hell's like. And I think Henry came into the church out of self-defense. <laughs> And they actually did convert. He actually did convert. And he's dead now. He was a Jewish man. And he converted. And uh, I tell you that because that's probably not how you want to win somebody to the Lord. Okay? Uh, there are lots of, there's lots of tricks. There's lots of, you know, that's probably not one of them that you, that you want to use. Um, Billy T. Uh, but so with it. The Great Commission. The Great Commandment. A meeting of Jesus with the eleven. I mean, he's a he, he ascends to heaven from this meeting. So if, if if I was ever going to think a meeting was important, you know, all meetings with Jesus would be important, Chase. But the one he's ascending from, when he he's going to trust these eleven guys with his church, and and this is what he tells them to do. And, and this is known in Christianity, not just uh, in all Christianity, as the Great Commission. And here's what he says. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, A-L-L, baptize. Now, they didn't realize that meant Gentiles when he said that. They didn't have that revelation. They thought it was just for the Jews. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Now you have seen and heard the Great Commission. 
Uh, and some people might think, well, that was just for the 11. No, we, that's interpreted to be for us, and, and, and we're going to see how that fits in our life, Avery, and what does that, what does that mean to, to us? Later, after Paul is converted in the ninth chapter of Acts, uh, it's kind of like the Lord had Peter um, pursuing the, the Jews and Paul pursuing the Gentiles. Not that Paul didn't convert some Jews, and not that Peter didn't convert some Gentiles, but by and large, uh, as a matter of fact, it says uh, in Galatians 2.7, uh, Paul writes, But contrarywise, when we saw the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto, unto me, Paul did, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. They, that's Peter and Barnabas, uh, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. So this was so important to God that in, in his very last meeting, he's commissioning the 11. And then when the new guy comes on the scene, Paul, after his conversion, he even he even branches it out. And it's, it's Peter going to the Jews, Paul going uh, to the Gentiles. Now Paul, Paul desperately wanted to, to reach to the Jews and, and God wouldn't let him. God said, no, I want you to go to the Gentiles. So, <clears throat> Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Now think about that. That's before somebody could get the whole... That was Proverbs. That was Solomon. That was the Old Testament. He says, He that wins souls is wise. Way back in, in the Old Testament, in, 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 in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, Jesus said these words, to his disciples. Freely you have received, freely give. How much did the Holy Ghost cost you, Kiwan? You got it free. You know it, you owe it. You know it, you owe it. As we get into the study tonight, we're going to cover these seven things. We're going to cover <coughs> who is called to be a soul winner. Who is the body of Christ called to reach for? Uh, oh, I guess we got a delay. Who are we to win? Who are, who are we to win them? How are we to win them? Can you read? Uh, when must we reach? Where must we reach? What? And then finally, a few practical tips. That's what we're going to cover. So, I hope somebody will uh, read for me when we get to, to that point. The, um, matter of fact, I want somebody to read that right there. Kyle, can you read that for me? Uh, just Second Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of, for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, by ye reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So, there Paul is explaining that if you're... <coughs> If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are coming. And guess what? You have been given a ministry. And we used to have a, at POA, we used to have a banner that was over every door. Everyone a minister. Everyone a minister. And we can get the, we can get the, um, the old small thinking mentality that the preacher is the minister and we're all the laity and we're supposed to come to church uh, whenever he tells us to be there and pay our tithes and then he does the funerals and he does the you know, nursing home ministry and, and he visits the sick and the poor and he teaches the Bible studies and, and he, he saves people and we just, we just show up. Is that scriptural? My Bible says he's given us, not the pastors. He's given us. Who's us? Any man who's in Christ. Everybody? Yeah. Everybody who's in Christ, he's, he's giving you a ministry to do what? To reconcile lost humanity to God. That's a pretty big deal. 
That's a pretty big deal. So when you got into this thing, maybe you didn't understand what you were getting into, but that's what you, that's, if you're in the body of Christ, that's what you signed up for. Now the ministry involves proclaiming the gospel that, that a lost person can have life, can have eternal life, can be forgiven of their sins, and to explain that Christ died for our sins and to proclaim that He is the Savior of the world and that, and that a sinful man can be saved, that a sinful man can come into... That's what reconciliation is. See, I'm going to count it. And you reconcile your bank every month, right? Reconcile means you take what the bank says and what your checkbook says and you figure out how to bring them together. Well... When we're reconciled, when a man is reconciled to God, that's where man and God come together. What separates them? Sin. Okay. So Jesus Christ paid the price for that sin, and uh, now He's entrusted the body of Christ, the believers, the saints, uh, the church, for that ministry. The Bible says God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Why don't God just come down and tell people what to do to get saved? He chose to do it through man. Why didn't God just go into Egypt and deliver and do the ten plagues and just send an angel in there? He wanted Moses to go. He chose to use mankind. So because we're created in His image and because that's the way He wants it, and I don't have the right to question why He wants it that way, that's how He chose to save lost people. It's through you and me. Now, could you have come up with a better plan? I don't know. He's God. So He must have thought you were a pretty good soul winner. Okay, baby? Think the Lord takes a lot of your soul winning ability because that's His plan. You are His plan, Rich. Now y'all are questioning how smart God is, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> Alright. The ministry of reconciliation is a, is a really big responsibility. Let's break it down. Inside the body of Christ, because a lot of people uh, get uh, into teachings on soul winning. They leave there uh, with their lip dragging the ground and they're, they're upset and they're condemned because they've never won anybody. They've never done anything. And that's not why you're here. And I don't want you to leave here. I want you to leave here lifted up and edified and encouraged. So in order to do that, you have to rightly divide the Word. Let's break down who the body of Christ is. Who is the us that He's given the ministry of us? Who is he giving that ministry to? <clears throat> well, there's two parts here. Abe, hey, you want to read this one? I got it in the Living Bible, so it's a little squirrely, but go ahead. Sure. <clears throat> Some of us have been given special ability as apostles. To others, he has given the gift of being able to preach well. Some have special ability in winning people to Christ, helping them to trust him as their Savior. Still others have the gift for caring for God's people as a shepherd does his sheep, leading and teaching them in the ways of God. Why is it that He gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for Him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. Okay, so in the King James, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, winning people, evangelists, um, pastors, and teachers. So those, that's what is referred to in, in, in Christianity as the fivefold ministry. If you're not called to one of those five positions, then you don't have to have condemnation because you never taught a Bible study. If you're not a teacher. Or if you're not a preacher and you never preached a message and they weren't running the aisles, you don't have to feel bad because God did, God is the caller, right? If you're And you're the callee. Now we're all called, but we may not all be called to the fivefold, to any of these five positions. But we're all part of the body. We're all, go back up to we're all part of the been given the ministry of reconciliation. Does that make sense? So <clears throat> every born again believer is not called to one of these five ministries. Okay? But we are all called to be part of the body of Christ. Uh, Ephesians 2 8. Now, <clears throat> we also know that we're all called to do good works. So we're not called so that we can uh, put on a nightcap and sit down in a rocker and rock till Jesus comes back and gets us, right? That's not His calling. We're going to find out here that we're called, we're ordained to do His good works. That's why we're called. Go ahead, Avery. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're created unto good works. See that unto? The reason you were saved is to do good works. If you're called to the fivefold ministry, that would be part of your good work. If you're not, that's the second part, two parts of the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry and all us other folks. Okay? But we're all soul winners. Okay? <clears throat> Everybody else. Peter says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, how do you like that? Sound like he's from Glenmore or something. <laughs> Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So we're all called. But he tells us to give diligence to make sure that your calling and election is sure. Maybe you're called to, to music. I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know how Philip got it. I wasn't, okay? Um, he can't sing either, so. <laughs> um, maybe you're called to, uh, uh, to do uh, bus ministry or knock doors. Maybe you're called to work in the kitchen, like I know Sister Angie Wilhelm. You know, there, are, there are ministries that are behind the scenes. Maybe you're called to be a prayer warrior and to intercede. There's intercessions, okay? There's many, many, many Callings. There's only fivefold many. We just got them in two buckets right now because we're talking about them that way. But we're going to talk a little bit about the body, so that so that we can have a clear understanding. This is a long one. Who wants to read a long one? Who's baby? Are you good reader? I would have Avery do it again. You'd have Avery do it. Okay, Avery, you're the nominee, so keep going. This is this is long. If anybody goes to sleep while he's reading this, I'm gonna I'm gonna thump you on the ear. <laughs> So, it's long, but I want you to listen to what Paul is saying here. Alright. <clears throat> For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so as also is Christ. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye... Where were the hearing? If the, about the church. Yeah. If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness for our comely. <laughs> uh, I can't really see. I told you it was long. I'm sorry. I can't really see, brother, brother Bruce. Oh, am I? Okay, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. <laughs> and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism. Schism, that's divisions. Schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and the members in particular. So you're part of the body. But you're an individual in that body. And every person has a calling and a function. God didn't put um, an ear on Kyle's body that he didn't need, right? Don't you use your ear? Yeah, about your toe. <laughs> now, I was talking with a pastor today. I met with a pastor and I said, Pastor, do you know what an epiglottis is? I do. He said, no, I don't know what an epiglottis is. So he didn't know what it was. You know what? Does anybody here know what an epiglottis is? She does. Are you in nursing? Yes. Yeah. So she does. My dad died because of an epiglottis. Okay. An epiglottis, do you know, uh, I'm going to give you all a science slash medical lesson here. Do you know that you breathe air in the same hole that you drink water in? Yeah. What, one goes in the lungs and one goes in the stomach. Trick question. There's a flap. That your body automatically knows when you drink to, to go a certain way and when you breathe to go the other way. And that's called uh, epiglottis. 
<laughs> it's a pretty valuable piece of your body. If it quits functioning, what happened to my, my dad was every time he ate or drank, it went in his lungs. Okay? So that's a, that's a pretty important part of your body, right? You didn't even know what it was. Pastor, your pastor didn't know what it was. You understand my point? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. All I do is, uh, you know, all I do is greet people, me coming in the door on Sunday morning. If that's what God's called you to do, you do it with the wag in your tail. <laughs> you, you understand what? Do it as unto the Lord. Because that's going to that's make an impact. God needs all the members. He needs all the parts of the body. Is, is Nathan laughing at me? No, oh, he's wagging his tail. He's wagging. <laughs> See, there's a lot of members in that body. Many members, but one body. Okay. <clears throat> Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 20 says, Which he hath wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So understand the picture. Jesus is the head. He's got a body and he's put, God has put everything under his feet. Where's the devil at? If everything's under his feet, where's the devil at? Under his feet. Under his feet. But see, you don't see that because you're living in the flesh and you've got doubts and you've got fears and you've got anxieties and so. But if you could see it the way God sees it, Jesus is the head, we're the body, and the purpose is the Great Commission, is to win souls, is to win people to the Lord is to just snatch them out of a lake of fire. Okay? That's our, that's our purpose. Now, let me give you an analogy. Because I still don't think y'all have it. Now, I, I, I like to watch football. I know that's a sin, but I, I repent. I do it. The, um, head coach and the coaching staff, we're going to say, that's the five-fold ministry. Okay? My analogy is a football team and the body of Christ. Okay? So the head coach and the coaching staff, we're going to just say that's the five-fold ministry. Now on this football team, we've got a quarterback. That's a high-profile guy. He's out front. Everybody talks. When you talk about the team, I bet you if you're a football person, you can name the quarterback that's, that plays on every football team. I can't. I don't watch it that much anymore. Okay? <laughs> well, we're going to say... The quarterback is the music department. That's uh, Jairus, and that's uh, the praise team, and that's the singer. So let's, let's, in our analogy, that's, they're out front, and they're very important to praise and worship. Now, the wide receivers on this football team and the running back, that's going to be your greeters and your ushers and your hostesses. And they're, they're very important. They're very visible. But there's a whole bunch of other people on that team that are not very visible. How often do you hear an offensive lineman's name called? How about the water boy? Do you think the team could win if they are all dehydrated? <laughs> How about the statistician that's keeping up with the plays and the X's and the O's and signaling and sending? You, know, you think that's important? <clears throat> How about the center that snaps the ball to the quarterback? What? Especially now with the shotgun they run. I've seen some pretty bad snaps in recent weeks. Valuable. Can the team make it without any of the uh, other guys? Can the team hit on all cylinders if uh, the defense don't show up one day? You know, there's 11 guys. What if those 11 guys just say, ah, somebody will get it done, and they just don't show up? Do you understand how that's the way this thing is? Our job is to find our calling. We're... We're part of the body that is given the great commission to reach lost humanity. And we're members in that body. We may not be the fivefold ministry, but we're something in that body. God didn't make a mistake. Right. Right. You, you hear tell me God made a mistake and put you in the body and didn't give you something to do? Right. Because it said he, he called us unto good works. Isn't that what it said? And <clears throat> by the way, 
The fivefold ministry's real purpose is to coach and train and teach and mentor the, the, the rest, the second group, to go out and win souls. Okay? That's really, when you read it, that's what their purpose is. They're the mentors. They're the trainers. They're not the ones supposed to be doing all the soul winning. They're the ones supposed to be teaching the rest of the group how to do the soul winning. Okay, but uh, while we're not uh, the fivefold ministry, we uh, are that other group that are the less comely parts. Kyle, you may be the epiglottis. Be a good epiglottis if you're going to be an epiglottis. <laughs> While each saint is not called to be a fivefold minister, each of us is called to do this to show forth his praises, to pray, to baptize, to be conformed to the image of Christ, to bring glory to, to the name of Jesus, to not grieve the Holy Spirit. To make a joyful noise. That's how I do it. <laughs> to let our light shine before men. This is the epiglottises. These are the little small toes and the, uh, the uh, livers and the kidneys and this thing. This is the, the, the uh, water boy on the football. This is the people that don't get any... Uh, you don't get your name ever called out behind the, from the pulpit. You don't ever get your picture in the town talk. Well, I don't know what y'all think of here. Uh, we're called to love people and to be no respecter of persons. We're called to forgive. All of us. We're called. That's our calling. Know what you're called. We're called to discover and fulfill our calling. You're called to discover and fulfill what you're called to do. Does that make sense? That sounds like double talk, doesn't it? And certainly, certainly, we're all called to have a testimony. If you can't tell somebody when you got the Holy Ghost or when you learned about Jesus and the baptism and the, and, and the, the, the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, if you can't go to a date or time of darkness to light, a new birth experience, then you need to question your new birth. But we, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So even if you're not uh, 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 an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, uh, uh, an evangelist, or a teacher, and you're part of that other group, every one of them, everybody you see here has got a testimony. Now, do you go out and share your testimony with every single person you run into? We're going to get into some practical tips, and uh, the answer to that is no. <laughs> I'm not ready to tell you all any practical tips yet. Alright. <clears throat> For instance, the guy... I was uh, in public accounting, I was a CPA, and I had a client, a big client, and uh, he was Pentecostal. And he didn't, uh, he didn't teach Bible studies, he didn't uh, preach, but he knew I was searching, and he knew a guy who could teach Search for Truth that went to church with him, and he connected us. Was he important? Mm -hmm. Kind of like the epiglottis, wasn't he? <laughs> because, because if he had connected me to Larry Clark, I don't know where I'd be today. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here. What's a CPA? What's that? What's a CPA? Accountant. Public accountant. Yeah, public accountant. Certified public accountant. Um, so what about what about Aaron and her? They're holding up Moses' hand. That, that, that can't be too glamorous of a job, but was it important? When you go there and read it, when Moses' hands were in the air, uh, Joshua and, and the, the children of Israel were winning. But anytime Moses' hand came down, this is right after they got out of Egypt, they were being defeated. And so Moses, he said, I mean, you ever reach TMF? Y'all know what TMF is? I'm teaching y'all some serious stuff tonight. Yeah. Total muscle failure. Total muscle failure. TMF, total muscle failure. You can get to the point where if, it, if, if something weighed a feather, you can't pick it up because you reach TMF, okay? Well, Moses got TMF. He couldn't lift his hands up anymore. And uh, he had to have some help. And so that's part of the body. That's part of what uh, Aaron and her did. Um, who is the body to reach for? Now we know who the body is. It's us. And we know the fivefold ministry. We know 
that we're called to, to reach for all humanity. Now, who are we to reach for? Surely we got to. Surely there's got to be some instruction, some direction about who we're to reach for, right? Do you you wake up every morning and God sends you an email telling you who to reach for that day? What is the instruction? Well, this was going to be short, sweet, okay? Joel chapter two and Acts chapter two say the same thing. God said, "I'm going to pour out my spirit in the last day on all flesh." Okay. And uh, John 12, 32, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And the Scripture says that He tore down the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles so that all could come to Him. Matthew 10 said, Whosoever will, like a husband and a wife, she will. She says, I do. That means she will. Kyle, if she says, I do, then, at the right time anyway, then you, you'll have a wife. <laughs> Jesus said, Whosoever will. Okay? It's not, it's, it's too, God wants everybody saved. It, it's not His will that any, A-N-Y, it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <clears throat> you don't get to pick. It's everybody. But you need to be led by the Spirit because the Spirit will draw them. So you've got to listen and you've got to hear the voice of God and you've got to know when to reach for somebody. If somebody is not uh, open, then, it, then you need to back off and pray for them. You can do more harm than good. And you don't have to tell them the, uh, your testimony every time. You don't have to invite them to church. I've taught, I've taught whole Bible studies and never, and never told the person where I went to church. It's, you see what I'm saying? You've got to, you've got to focus uh, on them. You've got to focus on them. Okay, let's read some. Go ahead. Uh, I'll try to get out of the way. Avery. <laughs> uh, just ask right now yeah okay. and he said the God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth for thou shalt be his witness unto all men who do God call Paul to all men all men okay that's who we're to reach for you don't go and say you're, you're poor I don't want you in my church or I don't want you in heaven, or I don't want you to say, you don't go and say you're rich and you're a snob and I don't like you and you're not. We don't get to pick. God picks. And God's choice is, oh. Okay, go to the next one. So then, as through one offense the result was condemnation to all mankind, so also through one act of righteousness the result was justification of life to all mankind. Justification to who? All, all mankind. mankind. Jesus didn't die just for Marie. Yeah. He died for all mankind. Right. Uh, and then 1 Timothy, uh, keep going. I'm, we'll go ahead and read it. Right. I'm running out of time, but go ahead. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. I can't, I can't, I don't think it can be said any clearer than that. God our Savior, who will have, that's his will. What is God? He wants all men to be saved, and we don't get to pick. Say, so, well, I wouldn't want them to get saved because they they uh, stink up the church. Or they drive the church in their hoopty. Y'all know what a hoopty is? Y'all don't know what TMF is? I don't know what an epiglottis is. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll quit berating. I'll quit degrading. Is it old? How are we to win that? Oakley, did he know what mom was? No, I didn't say it was a hula hoop. Hula hoop. Number three, how are we to win them? We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. If you're not praying, I doubt you're going to win anybody to the Lord. Uh, the body needs to be in unity. If you're fussing and fighting with fellow believers, I doubt you're going to be winning a lot of souls to the Lord. you got to forgive people. If you're not forgiving people, I doubt you. So we, how are we going to win them? It, basically, let me see if I can By obeying the Scripture and being led by God is how we're going to win lost humanity. Each doing what they are called to do. 
like the football team. Their mission, ours is go into all the world, preach, and, 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 and tell them the gospel. The football team's mission is to win the football game. Okay? If two-thirds of them are not doing what their job is, I don't think they're going to win the football game. I've seen some football teams that kind of like that. Okay. Um, go ahead, Avery. We're now on um, we're now on how are we going to win them. This is what Paul tells us how he's going to win. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So, and you might say, well, Paul was had the fivefold ministry, and we're talking about maybe those that are not in the fivefold ministry. But... Let's take a hint from Paul. You're not going to win them by being different than them. Now, I know we're supposed to be different as far as our sin, right. okay, and, and coming out of sin, but you're not going to win them by... Paul says, i got to become a Jew to reach a Jew. i got to become a poor to reach a poor. i got to get where they're at. I can't meet them if I'm in the clouds and they're under the ground. I've I got to get on the same level with them. That's how you, that's how you connect with people. It's not a holier than thou. It, you know, it's it's getting where they're at. When? When are we to reach them? Brother G. A. used to leave the Y out of every. He would say every day, every day, every day, every day. Watch and pray. Pray without ceasing. When? Every day. Twenty-four-seven. It's every day. It's not Sunday and Wednesday. You got this. Is, this could be soul winning class, or this could be lifestyle evangelism. Class. You know, it's a lifestyle. You're not a disciple two hours a week. You're a disciple everywhere you go, all day, every day, every day. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere don't sound as good as every day. Whatsoever state I'm in, where? Where am I at? When in Rome, do as wrong. Everywhere. You know, you can be on vacation. Well, you know, I'm gonna rest when I'm on vacation, or I'm gonna play when I'm on vacation. Now, I've been on vacations trying to win souls. What? What are we trying? The Great Commission. Jesus Christ, the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, the fact that He paid for their sins and that they don't have to burn in a lake of fire. That's what. That's the what. Okay, so now we have the when, the where, and the what. Those are pretty fast. Now we get to the fun part. The practical tips. Alright. Hey, we on eight? We must be intentional. I don't think you can win anybody if you're not intentional, if you're not focused on it, if you're haphazard about it, if you're mimsy-pimsy about it. I don't think you can win by being lukewarm about it. Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth if you're lukewarm. So we got to crucify the flesh. we got to uh, uh, make soul winning a priority, okay? And we got to be consistent. Oh, you know, you know, I'm not going to be drawn by a, a Christian if I'm a lost person that one day they're on fire and they're telling me their testimony and everything. Next time I see them, they say, I don't know if I'm going to go to church next week or not. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that great last week. Pastor didn't preach a very good message. Yeah. Well, that's too, you know, that's, that's not appealing. You've got to be consistent in your love for God and your light shining to people. So you've got to be intentional. 1 Corinthians 9, 22 says, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might uh, be a protector thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the price. So run that ye may obtain and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now, they do it for an, uh, to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. And when he's boxing, he's, he's not, you know, you the fighter in here, Joe, he's not beating against the air. He's hitting somebody's head when he's boxing. What he's saying, I'm, I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be doing my... I'm going to be bringing my body under subjection. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. 
So Paul is describing to us, you've got to be intentional. You've got to keep your flesh under control. And the only way to do that is to get that spirit man built up. If you go into the gym every day, your, your physical man's going to be healthy and strong. If, you, if you're praying and you're studying the Word daily and you're, and you're in the Word of God, your spirit man's going to be strong. Okay, number two, or B, meet people. You can't win people. You can't impress people. You can't impact people if you don't ever meet people. You say, well, I'm an introvert. Well, so am I. <laughs> so, so get over it. Get over it already, baby. The introvert is excuse is over with. You going to stand for Jesus and tell him you're an introvert? <coughs> now, <coughs> T.W. Barnes says, before you win them to him, you got to win them to you. That's a pretty tall order. Uh, John Maxwell says they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You're living in a day where people don't even look at each other. They're wearing masks and they're not even acknowledging that that other human being exists. You start looking at people and meeting people, shaking their hand. There's a right. Did you know there's a right way to shake somebody's hand and a wrong way? Shake my hand. <laughs> she scares you. That was pitiful, wasn't it? Did that impress you? Hi, what is your name? Tori. Tori? That's a beautiful name, huh? And then you try to remember that thing because you know what, you know what the most important word in the English language is to her? What is your name? Ebony? Ebony. Ebony? Chase, I know what the most important English word is to everyone in this room. That's Joe. That's Kylie. I know, see? And if you can't remember their name, how are you gonna? How are you? How are you drawing them? You don't even care enough about them to remember their name. So you gotta meet people. Now I'm getting anointed now. Colossians four five says, "Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Meet people." Well, I always go to lunch with my clique after church on Sunday. Go to lunch with a lost person. Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to meet somebody, Kyle, if you don't meet somebody? <laughs> Maybe that should have been, how are you going to win somebody if you don't meet somebody? <laughs> if all we're doing is, 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 is and I'm not against fellowship. I love gathering with believers. Don't, don't be, but how are we going to win anybody if all we, if all we do is stay amongst ourselves? I met a guy one time we were starting an axe program, <coughs> drug and alcohol program. His name was Jim Bailey, and he was the, he was the director of Refuge Parish uh, Drug and Alcohol. And I immediately saw that he was that he was hurting. I just knew he was, he was an older man. He was a lot older than me. And I just said, this guy needs a friend. And so I asked him how to eat. I didn't know if he would go out and eat or he would think I was trying to... Uh, get his favor or whatever. I was trying to get his favor. I wanted him to, to let us do the acts program in the jails. And uh, I ended up teaching him a Bible study and he got baptized, got the Holy Ghost. And it just, I would have never done that if I hadn't taken him to lunch. It starts off kind of with a handshake, remembering their name, and then you kind of go from there. I can't really give you the script, but those are kind of two important ones. You know, meet them, Remember their name? Give them a handshake or maybe a hug or maybe not. Now you maybe give them an elbow bump. I don't know what you, what the protocol is now. <laughs> Definitely remember. Befriend people. I guess I guess I bled over into see. When you meet them, take them to befriend them. Get to know them. Uh, you got to win them to you. Don't tell them where you go to church. Almost take it to the point where, you, like, if they ask you, you don't even know if you tell them they ask you. Tell them about your, your experience with, with the Lord. Tell them about uh, what you used to be and how God brought you out of that, how much you enjoyed life and how much better it was, the peace that passes all. Tell, tell them something that these people are hurting out here. These lost folks, they're in a, they're in a world of hurt. They don't have... Uh, the, the Word of God in their hearts to comfort them. Uh, love people. I guess that's D. Love people. Uh, John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples by your love one for another. Love fellow saints. They'll see that. 
They'll see your love. I, uh, I had a guy that was on my Bible study team, and, and he, I knew he loved people, so I said, Jeff, I'd love to see you go down to, Cot to Marksville and do jail ministry. He went down to, I'm going to make this real fast. He went down to Marksville. If, I, if you heard it before, I'm over 60, so I can tell stories over and over. <laughs> uh, he went down to Marksville, and he began to do a ministry. And uh, about two years later, Kay Owens, a lady in our church, and she said, uh, hey, she said, we were over in China. We were uh, going in undercover and taking some books in there that are pretty important books. And uh, she said that uh, I kept hearing about this guy that was winning thousands of Chinese to, to the Lord. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. She said, I told the people, they said, I want to meet this guy. And she said, they made an arrangement. And this girl from Alexander, this lady from Alexander, met this Chinese guy. And he said, where are you from? She said, I'm from Louisiana. He said, I've been to Louisiana. He said, I was in jail in Marksville. He said, uh, that's where I got the Holy Ghost at. Jeff Johnson was the minister there. And here's this guy who had been in a Marksville prison. He's over on the other side of the world winning thousands of people to the Lord because I got a guy that loves people and will go do a jail ministry. Right. So, And you don't even measure that. You don't know that. Right. How do you know what you do? Can you see? I think we're in our society. We, we won't see how many likes we get. How many shares and how many likes? God's not going to tell you everything that something good happens out of something. You, just do it. Just do it for, for, for God if you don't do it for any other reason. Uh, pray. We need direction. How are you going to know, hear the voice of God if you're not listening, if you're not seeking Him? God knows who they are, who to send you to, who to bring in your path. He knows when. He knows their every thought. I don't. Uh, I'm going to skip that testimony. Uh, be patient. The guy that uh, bought my house in, in Pineville in Louisiana, uh, he and his wife lived in our garage apartment. And I said, I, I wonder if he's going to buy this place. Well, he's bought that. Anyway, he's in the church, and he, he got to tell me recently, he said uh, he, his wife got the Holy Ghost, and he was a resistor. He wasn't interested in that church stuff. He was drinking and doing all kinds of stuff. He went through 10... Search for truth Bible studies before he got in church and started coming to church. Ten. And Ralph Kimball, who's dead now, patiently, long-suffering, day after day, week after week, month after month, for years, ten times, he went through search for truth. Oh, ten whole times. Well, I'm going to teach them two lessons. They don't get it. Heck with it, you know. <laughs> Patience. Be patient. Be patient. Candy Hall. Candy Hall's a lady in our church. She started coming to services. We had prayer meeting on Saturday night. She was Catholic. She brought her rosary beads, Chase, and she walked around and prayed on Saturday night. Three or four hundred Pentecostals around her. Nobody said a word to her. Patience. She kept coming. One day she came and she said, I don't, I, I don't find this in the Bible anywhere. I said, you know why? She said, why? I said, because it ain't in there. Because <laughs> she was starting, God was revealing to her, the Bible is what's important, not what some man has told you. So she couldn't find it in the Bible where she's supposed to be rubbing those beads and saying those prayers. Be patient. What number? Come on. Uh, be led by the Spirit. <laughs> Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. There's this guy um, named Winton. He was as country as cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> he came to our church, and I can still remember, it's amazing how you can remember these things, and I can remember exactly where he was, the pew. He was in the front section of the, of the back, in the front pew of the back section. And I walked over with his altar call, and I was kind of meandering around, lost as a goose like I am most of the time during altar call. And I saw him over there, and I noticed he I knew he wasn't a member. And, and so I walked over there, and I, I, I didn't feel led to pray with him. I didn't. I said, how you doing? He said, hi, I'm Winton. I said, hi, I'm Bruce. You know, well, you live around here? Yeah. And we had small talk a little bit. And, and I... I I don't, I don't remember this. He told me I did this. this is all, I 
pulled, he told me years later, he said, this is why I got in church. I don't remember doing this. He said, I pulled out my business card and I wrote my personal cell phone on the back of it. And I said, if you ever need me, midnight, three in the morning, if you ever need me, you call me. Now, how many people have I done that to? He was the only one I ever, I ever know. But you know what? He told me years later, after he got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, and we were just talking, he said, he said, I'm just blown away that you did that. And I couldn't even remember doing it. Right. You, you understand? Being led by the Spirit, sometimes you you got to get out of the boat, kind of like the, the, Peter did. Uh, H. <coughs> because they're lost, people. They're lost. Sister... Uh, <laughs> Sister Claire Clark was such a great soul winner. That was Larry Clark's mother. Larry was the guy that led me to the Lord. And she said, well, these people don't want to try to give their testimony and don't want to try to reach and teach. She said, and they said, well, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. She said, how are you going to mess up? They're going to hell. <laughs> how can you mess that up? Give me... I think a lot of it is preservation of image. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say something wrong. Hey, well, none of us in here are super spiritual. We just got to get over all that, okay? If I, if I didn't say anything because I was going to say something wrong, I never wouldn't say anything. Um, lean into it. I, I, I heard Morton Buster say that one time when he was talking about the gifts gifts of spirit and word of knowledge and everything. So I put that in here. <clears throat> if you don't, if you're not, Avery, when you go to college, if you're thinking about all the time making an A, or that cute little girl with this mini skirt on, if you're if you're always got your mind on that, you're not probably gonna be winning many souls. <laughs> but, but if you've got if you in your in your innermost being, if you're sitting there thinking, God, who who is it today? Who needs you? Who is it in here that, that I need to speak to, that I need to encourage, that I need to reach out? And you're thinking about that. It's a, it's a, it's a constant thing. Lean, you lean into it. Now, I don't know how to define it any better than that. Uh, just, it's it's got to be kind of out there in the forefront, Kelly, of, of, you, of what you're thinking. It can't be something that, oh, it's Saturday, and I haven't witnessed or talked to or reached for anybody all week, and tomorrow's Sunday, and I... It can't be, it can't be operating that way. Ah, <clears throat> listen carefully. <clears throat> um, each human being God brings you into contact with is saying something. If you are only focused on what you're going to say, even if it's a scripture, then you're not going to hear what they're going to say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what they're saying is important because that's what's in their heart. Yeah. And you're not listening. But if you listen, now we're talking about listening to the voice of God, and we're talking about listening to this lost person that you're, that your boss at work, or that your employee at work, or that your janitor that comes through at work, or whatever. Listen. They're saying something to you. Uh, and and I, I've got lots of you got lots of examples of how God will. You just got to listen to what they're saying. I don't have time to go any further there. All right. Um, Jay, be willing to be inconvenienced. Oh, it's, I, hey, I got a meeting and I'm not ready for that meeting. Maybe you need to cancel the meeting because this person is hurting and they're starting to open up and they're starting to pour their heart out to you. And they're starting to tell you that they they really had a relationship with God five years ago and that now they don't. And, you know, well, no, I can't be I can't break my schedule, see. Be willing to be inconvenienced. It's eight o'clock. Hmm. Speak their language. Be willing to be inconvenienced. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. 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 Speak their language. <laughs> now I'm not talking about uh, e uh, ebonics or uh, <laughs> or if they speak Jamaican quit using your these and your thou's okay get where they're at speak their language okay and I, what, I was picking it 
six days like me <laughs> you know don't don't we're trying to lessen that so that we can get where they're at not we don't want to build it up we want to lessen it okay uh so don't judge i'm almost there i'm, I'm just got to leave the end of it out envision oh this is big envision them saved envision them worshiping with their hands up envision them being born again bob says without vision my people perish if you could, if you if you if you got a burden for somebody, and, and I'm telling you that maybe they're they've got nose rings and earrings and spiked hair and purple hair, and they look like I'm not even I don't even know a person to tell you who they look like, but if and you can't see it, you can't have it. Can you see it, Avery? Can you see that person running the aisles, clapping and getting baptized? Can you see that? When my mom and dad, after we came to church, I, I got Larry to go drive all the way to 30 miles to my hometown and teach my mom and dad a Bible study. And uh, and I, as I would pray for him, I, I would see my dad with his hands lifted in our church. And uh, my dad was a big man, about 240. Uh, he'd been Marine Corps. He was a wildlife agent. He was a man's man. My daddy was a real man. There ain't no real man in here, but my daddy was a real man. <laughs> and... Uh, for him to weep and cry and have his hands up and God to, to, to come in and touch him was, was it took some it took some stretching for me to be able to envision that. But you know what? It happened. It happened. So envision what your desire is for that person and pray it into being. And then in is uh, keep the main thing the main thing. We're not out there. You don't go somebody tell them about Acts 2.38. You go out there and tell them about Jesus. Acts 2.38 is their response once they find out that their sin problem can be dealt with and that there's a real heaven and a real heaven. The message is, look, let me show you what the message is. You see what Peter's message is? It's Jesus of Nazareth. It's Jesus of Nazareth. You see what Stephen's message is? Oh, wait a minute. You see what Stephen's? This is supposed to be our, our leaders, our example here. The Son of God standing on the right hand. See what Philip's message is? Priest what? Christ of them. Same scripture, preach Jesus. You see what our founding fathers did? They didn't go preach Acts 2.38. Now, I'm not against. Don't you go out of here and say I'm against preaching Acts 2.38. You'll get me fired from my teaching position. Uh, they preached Jesus. The response, once the people learn about Jesus, He said, come unto me, all you that have labored heavy laden, and, and learn of me, for my yoke is easy. Once they... Learn about Jesus, then their response, well, how do I get this relationship? How do I get my sins washed away? How do I get this Holy Ghost that you're telling about? That's when you talk about Acts 2.38. That's when you explain that part. 
But if you get the cart in front of the horse, you're going to have a wreck. Okay. Look what Paul taught. Everywhere he went. <coughs> Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'll be saved. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Everywhere he went. So we see Peter, Paul, uh, Stephen. We see all these in the book of Acts. What did they teach? They taught Christ. And so let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And when the timing's right, for sure, you tell them about baptism. Baptism is the easiest uh, doctrinal message in, in the world. It's the easiest. If anybody's halfway got their heart halfway cracked open, you can show them Jesus ain't baptism. You know, that's, that's easy. But you got to show them Jesus first or else they're not even going to open the heart.